What's up, guys? Welcome to Fight Picks with the Pros. My name's Garrett Marchesano, and today we're going to review four fights on the upcoming UFC Fight Night, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo in the main event. Today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, my pro, Chris Holds It Down Holdsworth. What's up, everybody? All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, first fight we have up is Clay Guida coming as a plus 160 dog according to FanDuel, versus Leonardo Santos, coming in as a minus-170 favorite. So this is a great fight. Of course, Clay Guida is Team Alpha Male's own around here. He's 36-17, and 17, 12 TKOs, 21 submissions. His last fight was a loss, but he really brought the fight in August. It was a fun fight to watch. We all know about Clay. He's a consonant crowd pleaser. The UFC loves the guy. He always brings the fight, makes it entertaining. He's the character burping in the corner, and uh, he's been one of my favorite fighters for a long time. On the other side, we have Leonardo Santos, who's 18-4, and four, not super active, three TKOs, nine subs. He did lose his last fight against Grant Dawson back in March, um, but an interesting fighter coming in this matchup. So let's start off, Chris. You're close to him. Give me your opinion of Clay Guida and his older age here. He still brings the fight. He comes to train. He's, of course, an interesting dude. What's your opinion on Clay and kind of, kind of his fight style? Yeah, I love, I love Clay you know, <laughs> as a fighter, as a person. You know, he's one of those guys that um, you know, every, time, every time you see him, it's like you know, a big smile on his face and a, and oh, yeah. a warm welcome. And, dude, he's got over 30 fights in the UFC. So he's Crazy. been around since like my beginning days of like, mixed martial arts. Like, I used to see Clay like, he had wars like back in the back in the day before the UFC was like even like mainstream that that yeah. that it is now. So you know, I always got respect for guys who've been in the been in been in the sport this long. And um, I didn't know that stat that he's had twenty one subs. That's crazy. That, yeah, that, that that's a good stat. I didn't know that. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give give him credit next time I see him. I'm like, bro, I didn't know you had that many uh, subs on your record. But uh, he's fighting a submission artist in Leo Santos. Like Leo Santos has been around for a long time as well. Um, you know, I know Leo Santos because the guy I got my brown and black belt from uh, was a Nova Unal black belt as oh, well. Okay. So he would have us watch. I, I, Leo Santos is kind of like a lanky fighter. So he'd be like, hey, yeah. look at Leo Santos, you know, jiu-jitsu game. He uses it well in MMA. So I remember, like, watching some of, oh, like, Santos crazy. stuff back in the day. Um, and he's got, you know, very good, like, darts and head and arm chokes. You know triangles. He takes the back real well, but you know Clay does does, does good against jujitsu guys. You know he's got a really good um, grappling game. He's got a you know he comes from a strong wrestling background, and he knows how to negate a lot of the submission attacks. Okay, um, yeah. I haven't you know he's been maybe submitted a couple times, but I think for the most part um, he does pretty well against like jujitsu guys. So we we know what uh, you know the game plan is going to be. Uh, they got Leo's gonna try to you know take him to the ground and probably yeah. work his submission game against Clay, and we're, we're expecting that. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you know Clay shut that down. Yeah, what do you think about a five inch reach advantage for Santos? You know, he's coming in as a good favorite, minus one ninety. Do you think with that reach, you would think that he would have the striking advantage? But we know Clay is ready to go in, bang, strike, exchange. And do you think he's gonna Clay's gonna try to strike and negate the takedown? Is that gonna be his kind of his game plan coming in? You know, Clay works hard. He works hard with Joey Rodriguez, our yeah. our boxing instructor. 
Um, he, he's always working on his striking game, and you know, he packs a mean mean punch. So if he lands and gets inside and gets past that five inch reach advantage, you know he he can clip Leo and uh, you know put him down. Um, I, you know, I would like to know what Santos is uh, why he took off a lot of time, yeah. or maybe he, he got did he get kicked out or uh, cut from the UFC? Then he came back. I'm not sure, but I'm I know sure. there was like a little hiatus there where he wasn't in the UFC or, or maybe he was injured. But um, you know, good good to see him back. But sucks you got to fight my boy Clay. You're, you're about to get beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a, it's a good matchup for him. Clay is just he wants to get in there with anybody. I see this being kind of a brawl where you know it's a big reach advantage. But Clay's not afraid to fight on the inside. He he'll get in there. He, yeah. He's ready to take a punch. He's, he's not afraid to fight anywhere. He know? does. Yeah, he does not care. So, of course, we got to be pulling for, for Clay in this one. If we hold on this just a little longer, what, what is going to be the game fan? We're, we're both pulling for Clay. We'll make that. That's obvious. Even though Clay's coming in as a plus 160 dog. So, Chris, if you were to give a game plan for Clay to come in and win this fight, what's it going to be? Um, it's going to be use your, uh, use your footwork and, and, and your non, nonstop motion. Uh, to try to confuse Leo, uh, Leo Santos. Yeah. You know, work your jerky, irky motions to to get past. Yeah, the reach, he, he has to that. get inside yeah. and to land your shots. Threaten him with a couple takedowns, and you know, shut down his his hip motion off his back. You know, following the hips, keep an inside position with the hands, good head position, posturing. Uh, you know, and shut down his guard game. You know, get and if he works back up, let's do the same thing. Let's start working back. Let's push him against the cage. Let's let's do the classic Clay Guida style that we're used to seeing. Yeah, no, no, I I completely agree. I think Clay was you know he's razor sharp and winning that last fight. I think he's going to come in here. He's going to get the win. I think it's going to be a brawl, classic Clay Guida style. I hopefully what I'm predicting is that he's going to negate a lot of the takedown attempts. I think Santos is going to stand and, and throw with Clay until he gets clipped a couple times and sees that Clay has a good chin, and then he's going to want to try to take Clay down in the second and third, but it's not going to happen. I like Clay. I think it's going to be a sharp, a close fight, but I like Clay getting the split decision win. Chris, what's your prediction? Yeah, I I feel, I feel like Clay is uh, going to shut down you know all of the uh, Santos's takedown attempts. Uh, if not, land on on top and you know be in half guard or close guard, and uh, edge out a decision. Like you said, um, if I think he'll get the unanimous. Yeah, Ooh, okay. yeah, I think I think he'll get the unanimous. Oh, I, I like it. I he's like working it. with Danny Castillo, and you know he's taking my jujitsu classes. So hey, there we I, go. Yeah, I got I got to give it to him. Let's go. <laughs> get those CDs out. Start rocking it. Let's go. All right, next fight we got Brad Riddell coming in as a plus one hundred five dog against Rafael Faziv coming in as a minus two twenty favorite. So this is a big fight. Both these guys have a good amount of hype behind them. So we'll start with Brad Riddell. He's coming in at ten and one, five TKOs, five decisions. So every single fight that he's won has been, uh, you know, by finish. Or, or uh, sorry, they threw me off with the five decision. Five TKOs, no subs with five decisions. So his last win was against Drew Dober, who comes in to throw every, every time. I like that guy. I love watching Dober fight. He's on a four-fight win streak. All of them have been by decision. I was, I was about to credit this guy for being a finisher, but he's been a decision machine last four fights. Doesn't mean he's not a great fighter. 
Um, he's a kickboxer by trade. Rafael Faziva on the other side is also a kickboxer type style who is also 10 and 1, six TKOs, one sub. He's won four straight. The last one is a little suspect against Bobby Green. I actually think Bobby Green, you know, again, I, I was uh, on that Bobby Green money line. So I have to say I was a little uh, biased, but that was a really close fight. He's a great fighter. You know, I think he got tested for his Sanima last fight and for him to, to stay on it. But this is this is going to be a big one. Uh, Chris, what's your breakdown? What's any background, you know, on any of these fighters and anything jump out at you when you look at these stat lines? Yeah, you know, the Brad is, is from City Kickboxing, which is, you know, Israel's camp oh, okay. out there, uh, yep. you know, and I think they're in New Zealand and yep. kind of Australia. They call all merged into one. Uh, but, you know, they have the great Muay Thai and great kickboxing. We're all around great MMA, as you can, you know, they got champs and, and yeah. uh, top-level fighters coming out of there. But he's fighting another top-level Muay Thai fighter in Rafael uh, Vasif, yep. okay, out of Sanford MMA. And he's got that Matrix style like you talked about. Yeah. And, you know, my personal opinion, I think Rafael has the better straight kickboxing um, but Brad's going to switch things up and if he's smart and I, those city kickboxing guys, they always, you know, come with, you know, a pretty good game plan. He's going to, you know, strike a little bit with, with Raphael, but he'll try to mix it up and get some takedowns and, and test uh, Raphael's ground game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I always, always tell the guys like, yeah, you might have, you know, just as good striking or just as grappling, but if you can expose that person in their weaker areas, that's what you want to do. Like, don't try to, like, fight him in his best area because you're trying to prove you yeah. have better kickboxing. Like, yeah, you might have, you know, pretty good ki kickboxing, but, like, let's change things up. Let's put him out of his element. Yeah. And that's going to create other opportunities and openings that, uh, you know, you, you can you can look forward to getting. So I think that's what Brad's going to do. He's, he's going to look for those takedowns and try to mix things up on Rafael. And uh, Rafael's just going to, you know, try to keep it on the feet and, and work his Muay Thai game. Yeah, he is. And they're both coming. It's a great point. They, you know, Riddell has a, a kickboxing background. We know Rafael Faziv was recruited because he was such a talented kickboxer. Yeah. There's, you can't help it. Even though the game plans come in, there's this ego that comes in with fighters yeah. that says, you're a well-known kickboxer. So am I. Let's see who the better kickboxer is. I think you're exactly right. I hope Brad doesn't fall into that and try to prove too much. We know Rafael wants to stand and kickbox the whole fight, but this isn't a kickboxing match anymore. This is an MMA fight. And so far, Rafael has fought guys who are down to stand and, and kickbox with them. He has zero takedowns against him in the UFC, 100% yeah, takedown yeah. defense. So I'm like, no one has tried to game plan against that. And then Brad, I like the stat he has is that he averages two, two takedowns per fight, per 15-minute fight. You know, He hasn't fought in a a main event five round fighter probably that stat would have been pushed but that's a good stat you know guys are hard to take down the ufc they all learn takedown defense they're all a lot of them many of them are good wrestlers but maybe that's a hole in rafael fizzi's game is that he's not focused as much as wrestling i hope brad doesn't try to play the ego game of like i know he's gonna land some good shots and it could build on that i'm gonna show you type thing but i hope he mixes in like an overhand right with a double leg or and he goes for that takedown i like to see rafael Kind of in an uncomfortable situation. So, Chris, being the quarter man, quarter man you are, what would be your advice to Brad to kind of, you know, get on the inside and, and get a takedown against uh, Fazee? Um, you know, to, to get in there and to get in Rafael's face and not let him, you know, work his his striking game. 
And a lot of people try to wait and um, more try to counter fighter and um, you know the strikes keep adding up and you know you end up getting outpointed if you wait too much. Yeah. You know some people are like hesitant; they're waiting too much. They're waiting for the perfect counter, but you can't do that, especially in these like three round fights. You have to try to get off first. You you know you have to try to be the aggressor and you know because if you can't finish your your guy, you're gonna have to outpoint him, right? Yeah, and the judges are not going to be giving you good points if you're just waiting back trying to get a counter. Yeah. You have to be the aggressor. You got to show that you're trying to strike, strike output, aggression, octagon control. You got to yeah. show those three things to win a fight. That's or it. Or you got to get the finish, right? So I think Brad's going to try to get in his face, not let Rafael, um, you know, get his forward motion, get his rhythm going because mm-hmm. you don't want a good Muay Thai and a good kickboxer in their rhythm, and then start putting yeah. him against the cage. And and if he's smart. He'll work those two takedowns that he gets in those two fights. And if it's a close round, he gets a takedown, he, wins he might round. edge it out. Yeah, I agree. You know, in my opinion. So I think that's going to be the game plan. I, I completely agree. Can he do it? That's the that's the question, That's right? the other thing. Yeah. Those, he almost, you know, Rafael, he uses his, he's got this quick low calf kick and this, and a high kick. And it's like, he uses it almost as like to negate the takedowns. People are scared to come in. Yeah, they're scared to come yeah. in, especially and he has he's got some knees too on the inside. So it reminds me of like Dan Hooker. Like why do he has like a low percentage of people shooting on him? I'm like why is that? You know because he has these nasty knees up the middle. People don't like to shoot on Dan Hooker. So it's kind of the same with Rafael Fazeev. I think this will be the fight where he gets his first takedown uh, on him. I think Brad will get at least one. Both these guys are on four fight impressive fight streaks against well really good reputable opponent so this is a great matchup kudos to the ufc putting these two guys together man if we go into our official fight picks the money lines are pretty close fazeev is a minus 125 favorite just plus 105 for brad chris what are you thinking for this one? Oh man you know i want to say uh you know i want to say brad's gonna win the decision but I also have a feeling Rafael's gonna piece him up on the feet yeah, I can and, and kind of like get the better of the get the better of the striking and and you know, ha- having the hundred percent takedown defense it might be hard for Brad to take him down so I'm gonna go Rafael uh, Fazeev by decision. Okay, I think that's a good pick. I think that's probably the most probable if we look at the lines. I'm gonna go Rafael Fazeev as well. I've been a fan of him. <laughs> I like his last fight. He's tough. And he barely won his last fight against Bobby Green, and I can tell that he like that he was going to be motivated and put yeah, more Bobby work Green's into it. Yeah, Bobby Green's tough though, man. And yeah, he is tough as hell. So I'm going to go with Rafael Fazeev, and God, it's crazy. They're both ten and one. I, okay, I think I'll tell you on this and say Fazeev by decision. It's going to be hard to put Brad away. <laughs> All right, let's jump on. Next fight we have up: Jimmy the Brute Crew. Coming as a minus one ninety favorite for against Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. Coming as a plus one sixty dog. Is that his real nickname, the Brute? No, I just made that up. Uh, that'd be good. Though. Could be though. Yeah, Brute Crew. Should. So you know, I've watched Jimmy Crew. He's twelve and two, five TKOs, four subs. His last loss was against Anthony Smith, who I really heavily picked against Anthony on that one, and was going for Jimmy Crew, and I thought he was going to take that fight. Anthony is kind of the guy who shows up one fight, another fight. He is fighting top-level talent, so I can't say anything against that. He lost via TKO. And he's 4-2 and two in the UFC. You know He's beat Paul Craig, 
Sam Alvey. He's looking against those type of fighters. Jamal Hill has some just – some people are just born with, with power in their hands. And I watch Jamal Hill. It's, you know, I relate this to Josh Emmett. I see him touch guys and they fall. I saw Josh Emmett drop a guy with a jab, right? Some people have this God-given power in their hands, right? And Jamal Hill has that. I saw him a small strike, a short strike. It seemed like it was half power, but it, I've seen him knock guys out with those type of punches. So he has that – crazy knockout god-given power he's eight and one four tkos four decisions he was heavily favored in his last fight but he nearly got his arm snapped off by paul craig uh it was a huge underdog i remember at the time it was plus 1200 for him to get sub he actually got his arm snapped almost and then it ended up losing they call it a tko uh was headed towards a submission so this is an interesting fight i really like jamal hill he comes to throw his hands he got he has huge power in his hands it's kind of similar with Jimmy Crute. He's more of a compact guy, but carries a lot of power, and he's not afraid to throw those hands. So this is a this is a good matchup. I I'm a fan of Jamal Hill. I've I think Jimmy Crute underperformed a little bit in his after, in his last fight. The UFC's really high on him. You, Dana White's really high on him, and this is this is a good matchup being number thirteen and fourteen in in this light heavyweight division. So. For you, Chris, what what pops out of you when you look at these stat lines and, and these two fighters? It's gonna, you know, they're both pretty pretty evenly matched, right? Yeah. Being thirteen and fourteen in in the division, and uh, both the guys have like a, a well rounded uh, submission to like TKO ratio. Yeah. So they can finish you with their you know their strikes, or they can finish you you know with their submissions. So. You know, you know, you know. I like guys always. You know, they have like a well-rounded, yeah. you know, both sides to it. So, you know, Crutes fought his notable wins: Paul Craig and Sam Alvey. You know, two guys that you know, Alvey's been around for a while. He's yeah, not yeah. in the top echelon. You know, Paul Craig is, you know, kind of the same thing. He um, finished a guy that submitted Jamal Hill. Yeah. So you know, but you, you know, never MMA math, math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird that way. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're they're opposite stance, orthodox and southpaw. But like you said, Jamal Hill has that kind of like that one touch, kind of that, that freak kind of knockout power. Yeah. And those guys are always scary, you know, and they just put your lights out at any time. He's fought Paul Craig as well, right? So Yeah, that's who he lost to. He, Jamal Hill lost to Paul Craig. Yeah. Jimmy Crew beat him. Jimmy Crew, Jeff, if you scroll down just a little bit more, see Jamal Hill's stats. I mean, yeah, we can't do MMA math. And Jamal Hill was on a huge hype train, you know, undefeated fighter. He was a heavy, heavy favorite against Paul Craig. So it surprised me a little bit that he's coming in as a plus 160 underdog. I actually like this money line. And I actually like, I bet the the push for the plus money on on Jamal Hill to get a KO win is probably plus 250 or more. And uh, so I'm liking those odds. If I'm thinking of odds only... I'm really liking Jamal Hill. I think he's coming in underhyped in this fight. I know Jimmy Crude has been a fan favorite and that Dana White has said a lot of good words about him, so that goes a long way. But, you know, that's not going to show up on fight night. The fighters are, and I I, I like Paul Craig coming in this fight. Um, but let's talk about a little bit of game plan. So Paul Craig is a stand-up striker. Jimmy Crude has some wrestling background as well. Chris, who are you who are you liking in this fight? Uh, I'm gonna go with Jimmy Crew. Okay, I think Jimmy Crew. Um, he he's a he's got just he's more crisp. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he's got more crisp 
uh, striking and J- Jamal Hill. He's got the power, but he's a little bit wild. Yeah, he I is. remember his last fight. He's a little wild, so I think he still kind of um, you know has has a lot to 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 experience and you know still well, get better at what he's doing and you know get well rounded game. And I think Jimmy Crute's gonna find his his opening and get a finish. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Crute. So Hill gets finished twice in a row. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm going. The other side of this, I'm going Jamal Hill. Okay, because I don't like when we're just on the same pick every time. But I like this. I, I like Jamal Hill. I like those odds, plus 160. I think Jamal Hill is going to be ferocious in there. I think he's going to be mad about losing his last fight, even though he took the loss gracefully. I think he's ready to get in there, throw hands. He, It seems like a lot of MMA guys want to be called the best boxer in the UFC, but he, he keeps on claiming himself as the best Best boxer in the Hill? light heavyweight division. Hill does? Yeah. Hmm. Do you yeah. agree with that? There's a lot of good light heavyweights. I mean, I like Santos up there. You know, I even like John Jones. I mean, that's that's a whole other debate in yeah. itself. I think he's definitely up there, and he's definitely put a lot of guys away. He's feeling confident. And I think he will put Crude away. And I think I like Jamal Hill by TKO. I think Crude's going to get a little too confident. Especially him coming in as a favorite. I think he's going to shoot from some takedowns and get negated. He might take him down. He'll slip his way up. But I like a round. I'll even pick the round. I think a round two TKO from Jamal Hill. It puts Crude away. Okay. I got Crude by decision. You said TKO. Did I really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the official bank. You can switch it up. Okay, I'm switching it up. I got Jimmy Crude by decision. Okay, I got Jamal Hill by vicious TKO. Put your money on that, guys. All right. Before we jump in the main event, we're going to talk about another fight coming up. The prequel to Cody Garbrandt versus Kaya Carfrant. So inside information, guys, we got the quarter man for Cody Garbrandt himself. Chris holds it down. Holds oh, shit. It. He's here. He's here right now. So we just shot a podcast earlier today, Rolling with the Homies. Check it out. Chris Holdsworth and Cody Garbrandt's podcast. And they talked a lot about it. So we'll give kind of the overview it's going this fight. Of course, this is Cody's rise in the flyweight division, 125. And, you know, the UFC, of course, is rightfully so, really high on Cody. He has a great brand. He's an excellent fighter, a lot of hype behind him. And he's really set the stage to get a win and get immediately sent up to a championship bout. So, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of pressure on this fight, high stakes. Big opportunity for the win. It's not the end-all, be-all. Never it is. If Cody takes a decision loss or loses our worst-case scenario, there's always going to be other opportunity to pursue. But we have to note that the opportunity is abundant if he gets this win. It's ultimate opportunity, possible headliner, top stadium, huge promotions, further strap. So not to throw the pressure out, but Chris, how are you guys feeling? Coming into fight camp. Everyone out there in the media is talking about, they can't stop talking about Cody Garbrandt's weight. How's his weight? They compare it to TJ Dillashaw, who looked really sucked up to get down to flyweight and just looked horrible, and it was, you know, it, it was tough. Cody looks really good. He's weighing in now around 135. He looks great. He looks fast. looks powerful. We know he still has a ways to go. So, of course, without revealing too much, how's Cody feeling? How are you guys feeling? You're getting ready to head out next week. How's the overall feel of camp so far? everything's working out great, you know, without, you know, giving out, you know, too many little secrets here and there because the fight's really close. 
um, you know, the weight's coming off and this is the leanest I've seen Cody. And it's not like yeah. a, it's not like an unhealthy lean. Yeah. Like when some people kind of like cut too much weight, I think he's doing it correctly and in the right way, the healthy way, uh, not cutting too much too soon. Um, I've made that mistake in the past. Like when I was first started making 135, I got way too lean, way too fast. And, yeah. uh, um, I should have used more of the water weight method to like manipulate the the last 10 pounds but um yeah a lot of eyes are on cody because you know this is his first fight at 125 uh there's a lot of doubters a lot of people don't think he's going to be able to make it including a lot of the fighters at that weight class yeah. you know a lot of people wanted to see him at least make it and win a fight before he challenges uh for any type of title and that's not something that we're, you know, thinking about or focused on. We're focused on Kayaka France. Yeah. And that's like the number one, right? And yep. once you start thinking about the, oh, this guy after or who I'm going to call out, what my speech is going to be, you're not focused on the, uh, the task at hand, right? So focused on, on Kayaka France and uh, that's, all, that's all he's focused on. He's going to make way. You know, it's never easy. Yeah. don't let fighters tell you it's easy unless they're not really cutting weight yeah but you know to make this big change you know he's gonna you know put on his big big boy pants and yeah you know gonna make weight and uh i think he's gonna prove a lot of people wrong and you know recharge the correct correct way re and rehydrate and eat the right right things but you know dr mateo is gonna yep. be there with us he, you know he's gonna be with the be with us the whole way and if you guys didn't listen to Rolling with the Homies podcast, Doctor Mateo, go check it out. It's like maybe episode eight, eight or yep. something like that. Episode eight. Um, so I'm excited because yeah. th I think this gave Cody like a, a motivation for one to oh, yeah. to 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 get down to that weight. He had to do more conditioning. He had to do more cardio, and more uh, I think just you know the after the Rob Font loss too, like he had to make some changes and you know, be honest with himself and, uh, you know, do the, do the things necessary to uh, get to where he wants to go. So it, it's cool to see because Cody's always been a beast. You know, he's always been a champion. Oh, yeah. um, but to see him even level up even more, it's it, it's a cool thing to see. So, yeah. you know, we're going to go in there and, and, and we're going to showcase the best Cody Garbrandt that, you know, you've seen before. And, um try to you know highlight some of cody's strengths and you know highlight some of uh kaya car france's weaknesses yeah no i love it i love it and talking to cody you know he says you know he's always has some level of motivation but he said something about the flyweight division has boosted his motivation to like an all-time high his dedication he wants to prove a point at this division and you know He's, he's just said it over and over again how this has kind of refueled his fire to come out of this division and, and, and dominate it. And the critics, you know, I'm reading the articles out there, and they think, will Cody lose his speed at, at, at flyweight? Is his power going to go? And because a lot of people called him, you know, of course, Joe Rogan dropped that line. He's the fastest man I've ever seen in the octagon. And, you know, that was kind of a viral line. And a lot of people credit him to be the kind of the fastest guy in the band and weight division. Is he going to carry that speed of flyweight? Kaya Car France in his interview yesterday said, Hey, we're all fast at flyweight. So you're coming down here. You may have been the fastest in band and weight, but you're not the fastest in flyweight. Well, let's see when you're in there and you feel that speed from Cody, whether you think, you know, you're, you're fast or not. So I think he's going to be one of the fastest guys at the flyweight division. You know, 
of course, when you lose weight, of course, we know power is coming from your butt and your hips, and then it goes to your arm and technique and everything. He's going to naturally lose some weight. So naturally, everyone who loses weight is going to lose a little bit of power. But Dr. Mateo, for him to replenish his body, I hope he comes in there. I want to see Cody coming in over at one, you know, can he come in at 140? Can he rehydrate and get up and get that weight back up? Because if he comes in with his bad and weight power, I think he'll it's going to be scary. In, he'll definitely come in at 140. I think it's yeah, going to be scary, yeah, scary night for Kyra Carr France if he's coming in with that type of power that he brings. Well, here's the thing, like, in his fights for one four, uh, 135, like, he was walking in at 140. Yeah, see, like, that's... So, like, he didn't he didn't cut too much weight, and... Uh, what do you think a Bantamweight is walking in at? Uh, most Bantamweights? Most Bantamweight when they're cut. Yeah, see, so... Yeah, they're, like, 20, at least 15 pounds, like, heavier. I used to walk into the cage, uh, 52 to 54. Yeah, so some that's guys crazy. Eat, some guys can even put on 25, like... I know Josh and Elkins and those guys, they put on a 20, 25 pounds. Like, I don't know how they do it, Jeez. but uh, my body didn't blow up that much because I was really disciplined on, like, what I ate afterwards, yeah. and I just put on, like, a good, like, 15, 16, 15 pounds. 16 pounds, you know? So would you say this is the best weight class for Cody for his natural body type? I think so. Yeah, he's going to be big for 125, Yeah, and he's he's going to keep the speed. And he's only losing a few pounds. He he didn't have to cut weight for one thirty five. He was yeah. pretty small for one thirty five. Yeah. That's why you know he didn't have to cut weight. You know, <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I've seen guys that have to cut weight like and like push. Cody didn't. You know, he would eat the whole week and and just do it at the, at the last very end and very end and cut it. Now mm-hmm. he's regimented. And he's cutting yeah. the right way. So. I want to see Cody have a good cut. Of course, him to replenish his body. It's cool. He's got all the right guys. Dr. Mateo, like you explained. So really, when you get into the breakdown of the fight, we don't want to talk about it too much because you are the corner quarterman. We don't want to give you any information. But of course, we're both rolling with Cody Garbrandt in this fight. But if we explain the fight and how it unfolds a little bit, do you think it's going to be a lot of scrambling and takedown defense, negating? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of striking and, and, and Cody finishing with a, a KO win? Um, I think it's going to be a lot of everything. Yeah. You know, like, doesn't matter where the fight goes. I think it's going to be a fun fight, and yeah. it's going to be an entertaining, action-packed fight. If that's going to be on the feet, if that's going to be uh, on the ground uh, in a scramble, yeah. you know, you got two, you know, high-level fighters that are going in trying to prove something. This is a huge fight for both of them. Wow. So, um, but, you know, I have confidence in, in my boy. And I feel like we're gonna expose, you know, Kaya Car France, and uh, who knows? Maybe get a, a a big opportunity this next one. You know, yeah. not count on anything, and that's not what we're banking on. But uh, it'll be good for him. No, I like it. I'll make the official prediction. Chris and I are both going Cody Gar- Garbrandt by vicious KO. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the main event of the evening for this weekend's UFC Fight Night. We've got Rob Font coming as a minus 150 favorite over the legend, Jose Aldo, coming as the plus 130 dog. So, of course, we know a lot about both these guys, Rob Font being Cody's last opponent. 19-4, 8 TKOs, 4 subs, 4 straight Ws. The fight against Cody was back in May, uh, which was a decision win for Rob Font, which I just gained a ton of respect for Cody. Of course, everyone tries to hack him up in the media, and he just brooded his way through that fight um he's in 
definitely a better place now to really put everything out there. But we got to credit Rob Font. He has a great jab. He's dedicated to the MMA space. He's a lanky guy for the division. You know, at 135, uh, I was impressed with his reach. He, you know, he wants to be one of the best. He's on a four-fight win streak. He has five TKOs, second most in the division. On the other side, of course, we've got Jose Aldo, the absolute legend in the game, 30-7, and seven, 17 TKOs, two straight wins. I mean... Uh, most of our MMA fans or listeners out there are going to know about Jose Aldo, the L- Jose Aldo, uh, longtime <laughs> featherweight champ, moved down to 135, looks great. His physique looks great. His stamina, he's doing a great job. He had seven straight title uh, defenses in his career, uh, one of the the most in the featherweight division. The guy was dominant for a long, long time. Ranked number five, Rob Fonts at, Rob Fonts at number four. So when you see this matchup, Chris, what's the first thing that kind of jumps out to you? You know, uh, it's going to be a good fight. Both these guys are big bantamweights. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rob Font's been looking great. His boxing has been looking really good. His his last few fights, the jab, you know, he works really well behind his jab. Yep. You know, and Jose Aldo's been, been always the guy everyone's scared of, the low kicks and, yeah. you know, the knees and stuff like that. But... You know, the, these these fights set at 135, Jose Aldo, he, he's been looking better and better. And, like, just when you think, like, Jose Aldo's like, oh, man. Maybe he, he come, should be out. Yeah, yeah, he comes back even better, right? So um, it, it's going to be a, a tough fight for both of them. I think Rob's going to try to do the same thing. He's going to work behind his jab yep. and, and try to dance and outbox Jose. And, you know, if, if, if Jose gets back to his roots, I think Jose's going to look to, you know, counter that jab with some low kicks and... Um, you know, work his, his Muay Thai and his boxing, and then he's gonna try to come in and counter that jab with some some big looping shots, and uh, probably try to attack Rob's body. Just like you know, yeah. he's been throwing a lot of body shots, a lot of it. heavy body yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'll try to attack Rob's body as well. Yeah, you, you know, it's a great point. Everyone likes to count Jose out after a tough loss or a tough fight, but he made Pedro Munoz look like. He, you know, he was in a different class. He just completely outclassed him, was always a step ahead of him. And Munoz said that at the end of the fight, said, you know, you're, you're a class above me. And it was like a real, for lack of a better term, like intimate moment between them where he like said, hey, you're, you're class above me. And it was like big moment. It shows Jose Aldo's been in the game for a long time. He may be in his early 30s, but he's been in this fight game for a long time, was dominant for a long time. And it's the typical, you know, the veteran of the game versus up-and-comer. We see this time and time again. It's almost on every card you'll find one of these matchups. And it is a gatekeeper fight. You know, Jose Aldo is a gatekeeper. He's he's always he's a top contender. Seems like he's always in the top five. He's always knocking on that door for a title shot. People always like to see Jose Aldo up there for contention, especially for his type of fan base with the Brazilian fan base and MMA fan base. Rob Font, on the other side, he's earned his way up to get this type of fight. He's ranked number four. Even though Jose Aldo is a, a, a level just one step behind him at rank number five, because of his name, this is going to be a huge opportunity opportunity for Rob to jump up into top contender or to potentially fight for the belt in the near future. And don't get it twisted, Jose Aldo is thinking the same thing. He wants to get back there and yeah, be a, so this win be a from, top contender. for either of them is going to like put them in that spot. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be in the contender spot. So when it comes down to the, kind of the game plan, we know Rob Font's going to work behind his jab. Try to get on the inside, keep the distance. He's great at countering. Jose Aldo, make, you know, we like he he got he has great low kicks. His boxing's great. So 
I feel like this one's going to be a, a kind of a standing striking match and be a battle the whole way through. It's the main event is a five five round matchup. What glares at you, Chris, as a game plan for either Rob or Jose that they should take on to get get the dub? Yeah, like I said, I think Rob is going to you know try to outbox Jose. You know, Jose, you know he he. he it's hard to say what Jose is going to try to do, but I know I feel like what I what I think Rob's going to do. I think he's going to try to use yeah. his length and his reach. Um, I'm pretty sure he has the reach behind uh, Aldo in this one. But you know, he's going to work behind that jab, work behind his boxing, and, and, and wait for Jose to either try to come in with those big looping shots. Um, yeah. you know, I don't think Jose throws a lot of straight punches. You know, I feel like he yeah. throws a lot of like hooks and, and stuff like that. And then he's yeah. going to get caught coming in with those straight shots from Rob. But, man, this is a tough at the same fight. time, yeah, I feel like Jose is going to start, you know, uh, start landing low kicks and start, you know, end up landing some shots and start peppering over the, as the rounds go on. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he uses a little grappling in this fight. Uh, uh, yeah, I wish. You know, and, and puts Rob against the cage and, you know, makes it makes it one of those fights. So I think that's what's going to kind of happen. Rob's going to work his boxing and, you know, Jose's going to have to find a way to come in and, and work his looping shots. Yeah, you know, that that's a great point. With, with Jose come, trying to work on the inside and get his hooks off and th- these these big looping shots, I can see Rob's jab really pinging him up all yeah. fight and, and, and tearing him up. Now, you know, you tell me, Chris, can he negate that with those low kicks? He can, yeah. A couple of those low kicks from, from Jose, I, I don't think Rob's going to be stepping hard on that jab anymore. Yeah, exactly, you know? right. Yeah. Might have to even switch his stance up, and that can take away his lead his lead hand. Yeah, I hope he comes in with that kind of game plan. So at the end of the day, coming in, the main event for UFC Fight Night this weekend, I'll give my official prediction. You know, my, my I always have my heart and my brain pulling against me. My heart's going with Jose, Jose Aldo because he looks so good. His stamina's there. It's a five-round bout. But my brain is telling me Rob Font is going to push behind that jab. He's going to be piecing up Jose. I think it's going to be a close fight, but I'm going Rob Font by decision on this fight, and that's going to be my official fight pick for the main event. Chris, what are you thinking? Damn. Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like Rob can definitely win a decision yeah. uh, and outbox him and outstrike him. Uh, but, man... I- I just like the way Jose looked in his last fight against too. Pedro Munoz. Me too. He and, looked way class above. Um, like he's he's been on point. Yep. I'm gonna go with Jose Aldo by decision. Okay. Yeah, like so that, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll play against each other on this one. I like that. Even one. though I'm a fan of Rob and you know I like those guys, um, I, I think Jose's gonna win a decision. Okay. So the main event, you're going Jose by decision. I'm going Rob Font by decision. That'll wrap it up for our UFC Fight Night picks. We had an early prediction for the Cody Garbrandt, Kayakar France fight. That'll be it. Thanks, guys, for watching. Please like this video. Subscribe. Thank you, everyone out there in podcast world, for listening to our videos. Please leave a review. Share this with your friends and family. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. See See you.